0: how are you now how are you now it's getting close to christmas did you did you buy all your presents yet how's your shopping going I, I gotta be honest with you guys, I just bought my girlfriend's present uh, today. Uh, I'm a procrastinator when it comes to that, so I feel you. Anybody who's listening out there who has yet to finish their holiday shopping, uh, I feel you. My girlfriend does most of the work for the kids. Uh, my only job is to get one for her, and every fucking year I leave it to the last minute. And I left it till today, but now it's done, so now I'm relaxing. Um, and uh, what are we here to talk about? Well, it is... The last Montreal Canadiens game before Christmas. So hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast, presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and it is the Montreal Canadiens versus the Chicago Blackhawks that we're here to talk about. Um, Connor Bedard in action against the Habs. Uh, The Habs have uh, already beaten the Blackhawks once this season. Uh, I'm looking to see, you know, are they able to repeat that, Uh, you know, give themselves a nice early Christmas present, so to speak, uh, and head into their break. Uh, They won't play again until the 28th, actually, with, you know, a little something positive. Uh, And... We're going to get to it. We're going to get to the recap and everything else. But as you all have probably figured out, the only people who don't get time off at this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL, Bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and info. BetOnline online has all the sports wagering info available that you will need with both desktop and mobile access so head there today to get in on the action remember to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and your montreal canadians started their game against the Blackhawks in a very similar manner to what we've seen in a lot of other games this season. And that is frustratingly. They were clearly the better team early on in the first period, but it's the same fucking problem that I had lat in last night's game, is that they can't hit the net. Even when they're playing well and they're dominating possession, they cannot hit the net they miss a lot they get blocked a lot and then that leads to them passing the puck around too much and looking for the perfect shot because they're like it's almost like they get afraid of missing the net because they do it so much that they are just trying to create these these unmissable shots and I get it but it's it's an incredibly frustrating watch as a fan I mean in the first 10 minutes of that period I think the Blackhawks maybe had the puck on their sticks I want to say for a minute and a half to two minutes tops. The Habs had the puck the whole time, but they had three shots on goal within the first half of the period. Um, Then Sean Monaghan gets high-sticked right before the 10-minute mark of the period. So I'm like, all right, maybe we can get some fucking shots now uh, on the power play. you you can take a guy off the ice for for the Blackhawks. There's less people to block it. You're going to have some open lanes, hopefully. They get one shot on the power play. I'm absolutely beyond frustrated at this point. And then... Under four minutes to go in the period, Justin Barron at the offensive blue line mishandles a puck, stop me if you've heard that before, and it ends up in his net. They go right down the ice, Connor Bedard gains the zone, finds Ryan Donato, he scores and makes it 1-0 for the Chicago Blackhawks. The Habs actually end up getting outshot 9-7 to seven by the end of that period, despite the fact that they were well ahead on possession uh, and being ahead on expected goals as well. They could not hit the net. I you you might as well just put it at zero expected goals. Realistically, you should give the Blackhawks the edge in expected goals because the Habs with the amount of chances where they're just putting it over the net or wide, like they're squandering opportunities that they're creating with really good play, creative puck movement. Honestly, they were the better team in that period and they go down one nothing. And We go into the second period, and I'm I'm thinking we we need to do something here to turn this ship around a little bit, Um, start getting pucks on net, and Joel Aramia takes a boneheaded goaltender interference penalty. Not a whole lot of contact there, but you you, you just can't sit on the goaltender like that when you're trying to screen in front. I felt like it was a boneheaded penalty, and that's not the way that you're going to get some shots on goal. Um, Right after it ends, of course, Chicago goes down the ice. It's not a power play goal, but it might as well be because the Habs kind of still had their personnel out there from the penalty kill. Uh, They go right down the ice. Justin Barron again. This time, he's just swimming, falling all over the place, trying to defend Colin Blackwell in a one-on-one. He falls down. That gives Blackwell the space that he needs. He turns around, leaves it for Jason Dickinson in the slot. Barron comes out to try and block the shot, and he falls down again, and it goes in past Caden Primo. It is 2-0 for the Chicago Blackhawks. This game might get away from them. You know, these guys can probably smell their vacation. Uh, I know it's not a very long vacation. It's only, what, you know, six days, five days uh, before they're going to have to be back in action. They probably got to practice a couple of times in there as well. I don't know what exactly their schedule is, but I feel like they can smell that vacation and the rest of this game could end up going very badly. However, they wake up a little bit. So a little later, shortly after the 2-0 goal, actually. Offensive zone draw for the Habs. Mitchell Stevens wins it and goes straight to the net. David Savard gets it at the point. He throws it over to Mike Matheson, and he claps it on goal. And Mitchell Stevens gets a tip on that thing and puts it in. It's 2-1. to one. The Habs have a little bit of life. And then we get some violence. We get a little bit of violence going in this game. Nick Suzuki gets cross-checked uh, while he's trying to cut into the offensive zone after getting rid of the puck, and the refs decide to ignore it. And then I think this was an act of revenge, but Jaden Struble absolutely trucks some dude. I forget who it was but has to fight Mackenzie Entwistle. Now, McKenzie Entwistle, because he decided to throw a tantrum and make a guy fight him over a clean hit, he gets the extra deuce on there, so the Habs have another power play, and what are they going to do with it this time? Zero shots. Pathetic. The power play is absolutely pathetic, but luckily for the Habs, their 5-on-5 play is not pathetic. Shortly after the failed power play, Sean Monahan initiates his own exit. Really good carry up the ice. Does a little exchange with Jake Evans inside the offensive blue line and makes a beautiful pass over to Josh Anderson driving the net. He goes top ched with it, and it's 2-2. Two, two. We're all tied up. It was looking like the Habs were going to let this one get away from them, and then they're right back in it. Now, with just over two minutes to go in the period, they get another chance. This time, Nick Suzuki just throws the puck on net, and guess who's there? Yuri Slavkowski. He, uh, I think it actually hit him, and then he manages to turn around, get body position, and locate that puck and put it into a yawning cage. It's 3-2. to two. The Habs, they've been pretty terrible with two-goal leads, and uh, you know what? Worst lead in hockey. doesn't matter if you're the Habs or the Blackhawks. You don't want to have a two-goal lead, apparently. And the Habs, they proved that once more, this time in their own favor. Uh, They got a lot better as that second period went on. And uh, hopefully, some more effort like that in the third period. Well, they did. Um, we go into the third period and they're largely just kind of hanging on but they're doing a really good job keeping the puck out of their zone and avoiding any kind of danger getting some decent chances at the other end as well and then just past the midway point of the third period the top line of the Montreal Canadiens just keeps cooking Cole Caulfield with the four checks Slavkovsky's in there as well Slav Turns the puck over, feeds it to Cole Caulfield in the slot. He gets a shot on goal. It's stopped, but Nick Suzuki follows up and puts it in. It's 4-2 for the Montreal Canadiens. And then Jake Evans, off the very draw after that goal. They go into the offensive zone. Evans gets the puck, drives the net, gets one off the glove of Peter Mrazek and into the net. But there's an offside review. Okay, that play did not look offside whatsoever to me. Apparently, there was a better angle on NBC that showed it being offside. I will take people at their word. I don't think it was offside, Uh, but it gets overturned, which I thought was bullshit. Um, So it's not 5-2. It's back to 4-2. And then, eventually, it doesn't matter. The Hawks would pull Mrazek for the extra skater. David Savard would throw a moonshot, dump Goal like from literally maybe four feet out from his own net, uh, over top of everybody and into the yawning cage. It's a five to two finish in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. What a game! I mean, you take a team that you know struggled mightily to put pucks on net in the first period, and then they go down two nothing. Well, they go down one nothing in the first period, two nothing pretty early in the second period, and you think. Well, as I mentioned, you know, go, going into the holiday break, it would have been easy for them to just fold and, and give the Hawks a, a six to one win or something stupid like that. Uh, none of that. None of that coming from the Montreal Canadiens. They battled back into this game. Uh, They stuck with it. Um, We know that a two-goal lead for them is like murder because they start playing like absolute shit as soon as they get a two-goal lead. But in in this game, they honestly, once they got the the one-goal lead, they kept playing. They got the two-goal lead. They still kept playing. Got the three-goal lead, got it taken away, and then got it back and then won the game. Um, That's a really good way to end uh, the, well... uh, the holiday road trip at least going into the christmas break here we're going to see them next on the 28th of december and i think this was a really good gift for them to give themselves uh to have a game like that um to to, to go out on so that brings me to your player of the game and for me for my money Um, I I know some people may disagree with this But I'm going with your I think he played uh, A fantastic game for the Montreal Canadiens I thought he was so good On the forecheck So good going into corners Battling for pucks Really Incredible In front of the net Um, I I feel like a broken record saying this Because I've said it so many times so far this season But there's like You know there's a point At some point in the month of November (coughs) He woke up one day And he went Oh fuck I'm six foot three and I'm 235 pounds, and that's bigger than most players in the NHL. Well, here's what I'm going to do. And then he went out next game and just started crashing bang, started going to the front of the net, started out muscling people, started winning body position when it mattered. And he's been doing that ever since. And that top line, again, I'd said the same fucking thing last game. That top line, in and of itself, could be the overall players of the game. Uh, but for me, it was your eyes That was number one, just because I love that, you know, almost thankless style of hockey. Like the goal he scored was greasy. That's a greasy goal, but they don't ask how they ask how many. And you know what? If he ends up scoring 30 goals next season and you know, 25 of them are greasy ones like that in front of the net. Nobody's going to give a shit. Nobody's going to sit there and go, Oh, well I wish he would score some more pretty goals. We don't care. We care about how many you can actually put in the back of the net. And that's what they drafted him for. They they I don't think they drafted your thinking that he was gonna go out there and, and put up McDavid goals. I think they drafted him because they saw a big, you know, gigantic Slovakian do that they thought was going to be able to get to dirty areas and create some some havoc check well and uh you know play that power forward style game and you know what that's exactly what he's doing right now I love it I support it and uh I'm really enjoying what he's bringing and again now that I'm done talking about Lukoski, we can talk about the other two. Uh, Cole Caulfield actually left that game briefly in the second period. I think he maybe thought that he got cut by a skate, or maybe he did get cut by a skate. Uh, but outside of that, he looked great. Um, he he was he was shifty out there. Uh, he was actually getting involved in the forecheck as well. Uh, really enjoyed his game. And then Nick Suzuki, um, you know, obviously scored a big goal for the team comes in follows up on that Cole Caulfield shot and then puts it into the yawning cage um, Nick Suzuki is uh, on an absolute tear right now and I think he's enjoying having some consistency in his line mates for once in his fucking life um, he, he gets to play with the same guys night in night out and they've got chemistry and they're playing well and um, I, I just hope that the team or that the coaching staff rather leaves well enough alone that line is doing fantastic stop playing around with that, leave them alone. Um, Moving on from the top line, because I think I talked about them enough last last episode, uh, I need to talk about some other players as well. Um, we we got to go back to David Savard one more time. He's playing great since coming back from injury. I really think he's playing his way into trade conversations. Uh, I think it would make a lot of sense for the Habs to trade him if they can. And I I think he might actually be able to garner a pretty decent return um, because he's putting up numbers right now. Had the assist on the Mitchell Stevens goal, obviously, being that pass over to, to um, Mike Matheson um, that set up the shot. And then he had the goal. So it's another multi-point night for David Savard. Since he's come back, he's been nothing short of fantastic. And, you know, this is going to play well in terms of, you know, garnering some interest around the league. I, I, I really think it's possible that they could get uh, a Ben Sherratt-esque return out of him at the deadline. That would be something, wouldn't it? Um, Moving down the line, you could talk about Mike Matheson. I thought he was great in that game. Um, He really seems to have lit up a little bit since David Savard came came back. So I think he's, you know, last year, uh, that wasn't exactly a pairing that I thought was fantastic. And ever since Savard came back, it seems to have taken uh, just lifted the weight off of Mike Matheson's shoulders and he'd been playing a little bit better. Um, So really enjoying that as well. Uh, Josh Anderson obviously got a big goal in that game. Um, another guy that you know they're hoping for sure can maybe recapture some of his trade value that he had last season Um, I don't know if that's possible I think that 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 shit may have kind of sailed a little bit but um, you know if he keeps putting up numbers again they don't ask how they ask how many and the other question that they tend to ask is what have you done for me lately Josh Anderson lately has been doing a fair bit so you know never say never it's possible that they figure out something there and um if if he keeps that level of play it's, it's it's possible that that uh you know somebody comes knocking and we know he's got the profile of a player who gets gms out of bed we know that right a six foot three guy who skates fast and shoots the puck real hard he gets gms out of bed so it's entirely possible um i don't know Outside of that, listen, I, I got no complaints about that game. Um, obviously, I had I had my issues with the way that they played in the first period and the start of the second period as well. But, you know, they really regrouped, uh, came together and played well after that. Uh, Caden Primo played, played well in net. Um, not spectacular, but good enough to get the win. Um, no complaints about his game whatsoever. Uh, Jaden Struble really liked him in that game I like Caden Gooley in that game a lot as well um, th- there's just a lot to like in that game and I really hope that this uh, you know strong play heading into the holiday break uh, does not lead to any kind of complacency I hope that they come out of that break just as strong as they went in and I hope that they keep giving us this this compete level that's allowing them to overcome these deficits that's two comebacks in a row two times in a row They've come back from more than, or, or, or come back from two goals down. I don't care if they win or they lose, right? Seeing them have that ability to compete, that ability to stay in a game when it seems like they're down and out, um, th- that's worth more to me than two points. That's worth more to me than making the playoffs. That's worth more to me than, than anything right now because this is a young team that's playing a lot of young players. They had a third line in that game that had multiple probable AHL players on it. They had a fourth line that's almost exclusively AHL players. Um, you have to look at what they're doing within the context of what kind of roster they're putting out there. And right now, it's the, the, the on-ice product is good. It's entertaining. And you're seeing this while also knowing that it's not a finished product. This is not the team that's supposed to go out and win the Stanley Cup. This is not the end of the rebuild. This is, you know, year what? Year two, year three of the rebuild, really, since they actually committed to it. And this is what we're seeing. This is great news. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot of young players take steps forward in their careers. And I, I think that the, the the longer that they can keep this up, the longer that they can maintain this level of play, the longer that they can continue to stay in games when it looks like they're completely fucking out of them, the better it is for this rebuild. Because we get to evaluate a lot of young players and at the same time we get to be entertained as fans. And... Um, you know, I, I, don't, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, being entertained is is paramount. And uh, I was entertained by this game. I was entertained by the last game, even though they fucking blew it in the final seconds of overtime. And, um, you know, I, I just hope they can keep this ride going because it's it's been fun watching this team. And that that's, I think, key for anybody who's a fan of the team is, is being able to at least enjoy. The games that you're watching. Um, there's been a few years recently where it's been kind of hard at times to enjoy the games. Um, this year so far has been very enjoyable. So uh, I'm going to end it off there. I'm going to wish everybody who's listening a very Merry Christmas or whatever holiday that you happen to celebrate. Uh, I hope that it's fantastic for you. Uh, I hope it's filled with nothing but drinks. Um, and if you don't drink, I hope it's filled with just good food and family and uh, I hope you get to relax a little bit. I hope you get some time off and I hope that you get to enjoy the world juniors. Let's not forget, right? The Montreal Canadiens might not be back in action until the 28th, but the world juniors are starting on the 26th on boxing day. And I don't know if I'm going to do episodes for every Canada game, but I can tell you that the boxing day episode is at nine 30 my time. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to do an episode for that one because I'm Gonna be awake. I'm gonna watch that game, and I'll probably put something up after the fact. So stay tuned for that, and stay tuned because once I get back, uh, right to regular BSM, it's gonna be on the 28th. So um, that's about it. This episode's running what? Uh, right around 20 minutes. So une uh, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening, and of course, à la prochaine.